gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Why do we bring up this story? Ben asked for it. But what? But why did I choose that? Why did I go into it? Why did I decide this story is relevant, essentially? Because of the weight of the lessons. Do you even think a situation like that could be born from an online dating space? The likelihood of it being born from a cold interaction space is almost not possible. It's almost... I've never seen anything like it. I've, I've had a couple situations close in which that I was invited to female-only living spaces, which I didn't know, and the female roommates kicked me out. That's the closest I've had to a confrontational space that came from a cold interaction. But, but So if it's that rare in a cold interaction space, could it even be possible from a warm space? It's almost... I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Now... Let's think about that. I'm just speaking about the literal possibility of it even happening. What's the real lesson I'm trying to talk about here is the weight and the quality of the lesson. Let's say somehow I had met her through Tinder. And somehow we you'd you'd have to skip the first half of the story, which is the be, which is how it all begins, which you can't. So right there, you lose so much of the lessons of meeting her cold on the street, instant date, resuming an instant date an hour later because she had to go to a press conference, to learning about how to 
read and to understand a woman who has sexual abuse past history and that starts crying on the bench when you went to go kiss her and to not not to blow your shit and then to and then to get a text a couple of hours later saying come back out come to my place for dinner you have to skip all of those lessons and the quality of those lessons you would never get any of those lessons if i had met her through cold approach uh, through online dating which is what i said before which is why i don't want to use online apps anytime ever, ever. Only if it's the only last resort. Because what if I had met her through Tinder? Well, then you guys and who are now learning from this story, learning from this lesson, my potential children, my potential offspring, which you all are as far as I'm concerned, all of my clients, all of my followers are my offspring. You're all learning from this. You would None of you would have learned from the inception of the interaction, which is only the first 10%, but it's bloody important. It's really important. How, how the story would not be the story if you didn't have all that sexual abuse, past history, kissing on the bench, the 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 meeting her in the mall, like the, the resuming of the instant date. So you didn't get any of that if I met her through a warm situation on Tinder. Let's just say that I did though somehow. And it just fast forwards the story to going to her house and having dinner. None of it means anything to the depth of what it does versus the real story because I didn't earn it. The app did the work for me. The app brought her to me and brought brought me to, me, me to her. Her to me and me to her. That did all that work. There's no magic there. I just rock up and now all of a sudden being in this weird Chinese cul-de-sac in these rundown apartments with chickens running around the flywire door and the and the and the, the chicken stir fry and the chubby Asian male housemate. Now all that stuff through the lens of I just this is the beginning now of the story. It's like oh this is just some weird shit. It's just okay. It's a bit. It's uneventful. It doesn't mean anything because I just met her through some pixels and arranged to meet her through pixels. Even if you fast forward to upstairs now, but, but hang on, the uncomfortable as hell hour to hour and a half of being on a bed with her where I'm lying down she's sitting we're having this disjointed conversation I try to kiss her she starts crying she tries to kiss me it's really strange I go back then to kiss her and this is all happening very slowly over an hour all the uncomfortability having to understand with this entire situation that probably doesn't even happen probably doesn't even happen probably doesn't even get there most likely, I would probably try to kiss her in that online dating situation. She'd probably have the tear moment, and then that's it, and I go home. Then that's it, and that goes home. The only way we get to Chinese SEAL Team 6 is because I wanted to stay there as long as possible to try and unravel her mystery because of what happened back on the instant date. But there is no instant date if I meet her through Tinder. There is no co- If there's no cold inception that could give birth to an organic instant date, then this story means nothing. Do you guys see? You are, not only are you shortchanging your potential for growth, think about all the things I had to learn from beginning to end of that interaction. All the lessons, the weight now. So you think about the volume, which is the growth potential. Now you think about the quality, which is the weight of the lessons. That now being, throwing myself into a closet and because I feel like, literal Chinese special forces have come in to break this shit down. Now, all of a sudden, there's a reason why my heart still beats today. There's a reason why 
the the hour and a half of uncomfortable sexuality with her means so much because of what happened at the beginning. Because I got to experience it for its full totality. And now if I ever meet another woman who even brushes that level of strangeness, of, of social acuity that I've never seen before, I'm ready. I have experience. But I never would have got that quality or volume of experience if I had met her through online dating. It could only have happened through a cold space. That is why I wanted to go in this story because that would just, and I have all, I have endless stories of this nature of that would prove the weight of lessons learned through cold dynamics that shows the shallowness, the lightness of lessons learned through warm online dating experiences. That's why they get no respect. That's why if I have two hypothetical sons, one who spends an entire year just doing cold approach, and maybe maybe because he's unconsciously incompetent, and we say he's a 5 out of 10, scale of 0 to 10, 10 being a natural, 0 being hard case, of all hard cases. Let's say he's a 5. You know, maybe maybe he experiences, you know, a few day twos here and there, maybe, maybe a casual relationship here or there, but just for the most part, it's pain, it's struggle, so much pain in that cold approach journey. And then I've got my other 18-year-old son who's doing online dating only for a year. No pain, no struggle. Getting out on a lot of dates though. Getting to be with a lot of different women in that different space. No pain, no struggle. Except for the ones that he inflicts upon himself because of what he has not learned. And that's really the difference here, isn't it? He'll make mistakes, but they are not conscious mistakes. They are not mistakes sought after. The cold approach journey, you sought for those mistakes. You searched for them. You actively engaged a process that you knew would be difficult and that you would most likely fail eight out of 10 times at for many, many days, weeks, months, and years upon, depending how hard case you are, until you learn from them. When you take the online dating space, let's say no pain, no struggle, the only pain and struggle, but yet no pain, no struggle that is sought after. You will endure pain and struggle, but it'll be the pain and struggle of disappointment, of shame and regret, because you know you took an easy way out. It'll be the pain and struggle of knowing that I made mistakes in this relationship that didn't need to be made. If I had actually learnt and actually gone out and sought the mistakes first, maybe I could have saved it with this woman. You, you, you think about it. I talked about, I said to you guys before at the beginning of this podcast, online dating is earned. If you're consciously incompetent, you have not earned online dating privilege. It's a privilege. If, and here we go. And here's part three of the podcast that will bring the wrap and we'll get to open Q&A after it. It is a privilege if you have the purpose. Because this is all contextual, my friends. I'm not saying this, this rule applies to everyone. It's contextual. But if you have the purpose of becoming a being of extreme excellence, a direct, congruent, authentic male who can provide the trusting and empathetic space for his feminine counterpart, that's your purpose. Then online dating should be a distant dream now that you have the ability to go back out and meet real people. A distant dream that will only one day reappear when you have earned all of the things I've just discussed. 
to become a being of supreme excellence, direct, congruent, authentic, masculine energy, develop and create, ride the space of trust and empathy. If you can't do all those things to efficacy and efficiency, you're wasting your opportunities that would go through an online experience. An online experience is best served to those who already can do what I've just said, who can already incept an interaction off the bat, who can already carry it the whole way through. Not just the first 10%, but the rest of the 90, that you know how to carry an interaction the whole way through. So that if you did, if you found yourself in a situation such as the COVID-19 pandemic, in which that I'm forced to only use online dating apps, well, I've done the work so that I won't be savaging my experiences in that space. But I've seen this again and again with clients over the last eight months from every country, from all different countries. Guys that had not developed a conscious competence in their social skill set that now are forced to use online dating apps and because it's so much easier now, they get complacent, they get lackadaisical, they just aren't prepared. They aren't prepared. But why? Because if they were to meet those same girls that they met through the online dating app but on the street or in the club, they wouldn't get to the day two. They wouldn't get to the day three. The woman would have weeded them out before that. She would have cut him off before that because the fire of immensity reveals who you are. There is no fire of immensity in online dating apps. So the walls come down. The woman doesn't know yet. The woman doesn't know what you're like and you're tr- under true pressure. To meet a girl, anyone, anyone can be a little bit relaxed, a little bit kind of calm and confident about himself if the woman has already been provided for him and the experience has already been provided for him and there's no social pressure there. Rocking up on a, on a, you can't even call it a day two from an, from, it's not, it's not a day two from an online dating space, but anyone can do a good job of masking that. And anyone can get through a hookup experience once or twice for the most, considering as long as you're not an absolute hard case. You know, that's, that's something that most guys can handle. So guys get a little bit further down the line with a woman in their social journey together through the online dating space. But the higher they rise, the higher they, the, lo- the lower they will fall. The higher they rise, the lower they will fall because they did not have developed the wings. They didn't know how to fly. So that's, I've seen this again and again with clients over the last eight months, particularly, and not just from Australia, but particularly in the US. Just sheer numbers, just sheer numbers that you have access to more people through online dating apps. And, uh, and just the amount of interactions that are getting burnt because of guys that were not developed. But those interactions never had to be burned. But they only were burned because they weren't developed. Whereas if they had spent a year developing their cold social skills and then found themselves in a pandemic situation, there would be no issue. In fact, if anything, it would work in reverse for them. The online dating would only serve as bonus XP. It would only act as a, as a, as a cream on top because there was so much development underneath it and that, for the most part, because there have been more girls, more women on online dating apps, as there are more guys in the situation, so they're getting exposed to more levels of social dynamics. And for the most part, the level of social dynamics in 2020 is very low right? because of Instagram, scrolling, YouTube, etc. Because of lack of human interaction, it's very low. As I discussed, as I discussed in a podcast probably about 20 years ago, 
the black belt and the white belt, right? There's, it's never been a harder time to be a white belt in social dynamics. In 2020, it's the hardest time possible. It's never been easier to be a black belt though. And what that means is that because of the contrast of how low social dynamics is on average, if you can show yourself to be somewhat developed, you seem very developed. So if you had just spent a year doing social dynamics cold, pre-coming into a situation where you were forced to use online, you wouldn't burn any of those online interactions. If anything, they would be far more rock solid. Not that you ever wanted to use them. It's a result of the circumstances. We do the best we can when we can't go out and meet real people. But I've seen but it's a really important point because of the purpose. What's the purpose? If you're... If you're... If your intention and purpose is to go out and improve who you are in relation to others, learn who you are in relation to others, then online dating apps should have no installation on your device. Not until you've achieved conscious competence, and then once you've achieved conscious competence, only in the event of last resort. Chinese SEAL Team 6 story does not happen if I meet her online. I said to you guys at the beginning of the podcast, I don't even open those apps when I enter a new city just out of fear of having shortchanged a potential beautiful situation. Like what if I, it would be such a shame. It would be, it would be most regrettable if I could own, if I met a woman through online dating app that I could have met out on the street and had a real interaction with. So the purpose is everything. Why are you doing this? And there's something I, a guy reached out to me on Instagram recently. He's probably listened to his podcast, not live, but in post. And I said to him, it's like, what's most, most, most important? What's your purpose for doing this? What's more important to you? What's most important to you? And that alone should guide you now as to cold approach versus online dating. If you wish to be someone who has the highest level of growth potential, which means that you've got decades of learning to come that will be passed on to generations beyond you in terms of legacy of social dynamic learning, right? So not only developing yourself, but for developing for others, your growth potential is infinite. You never stop growing. You can only keep going higher. If you're only going to use online dating, that's not available to you. If we talk about the quality of lessons of all of the most important women I've ever met in my life, They are all either born from a cold interaction or the skill set I had to learn through cold interaction that was applied in a lukewarm or warm situation. But but at at the underpin, at the absolute underpin, I think about the the actual blue moons in my life. And uh, I want to wrap up this um I want to wrap up this podcast, this section of the podcast before we get to open QA. With I said there was a really transformative experience that I had last night in the dream state. I don't think I said the dream state, but it was. In the dream state, uh, in which I'm changed. I'm changed forever because of what I experienced last night. And it's on this point, so I want to discuss it in a sec. But the quality and the weight of the lessons you learn from cold interaction, it's amplified to a degree that you can't even imagine. Everything means more when it was because you incepted it. Everything means more, not just the highs, but the lows. When you fuck up an interaction that you had to create, it means more than one that you fucked up because of result of a lukewarm online dating. It, 
your attack your potential for attachment is higher it's deeper it weighs more because you had to put your blood in it when you flew into a new city that you're going to stay into for an indeterminate amount of time and you're starting a new life in that city and you you get in you, you arrive in the Airbnb you put your shit down you meet up with a couple mates who you happen to know in that city, you don't know them very well, but you knew them through loose friends connections and you said you were going to go out and just, just get to know the city. And then all of a sudden, but you know in your mind, you're going, but I'm going, I'm going to fucking start my life here. So I'm going to meet as many people as I can today. It's 38 degrees, balls hot Australian summer. You're a young man, you're, you're a young boy in his transition. And you, you get into the lift, the guys meet you, they meet you up at your apartment, you get your shit together, you're fucking nervous as hell. You get into the lift, you go down to the foyer, you step out. It's a busy, busy CBD street. There's construction guys, all the, the typical Australians, construction guys eating their sausage rolls of tomato sauce, just fucking, <laughs> they're in that kind of vibe. The most stunning blonde woman walks by. She's 10 years older than you. She's a legit woman, but she walks by and you said to yourself, I'm going to get to Nova City. I'm going to transform myself. I'm going to start this journey today. And the moment you walk out of the doors, you're presented with an absolute 10. What are you going to do? And in that moment, who you are is defined. And so you go and you run up to her. It's in a confined space. Everyone can hear you. Everyone's listening. There's probably 20 people listening. You stop her. You run right around the front. Excuse me, miss. It's fucking random. I was just, I saw you. I thought you looked beautiful. My name's Adam. And she's like, oh, it's so nice, so nice of you. I'm, I've actually got a husband, but it's, it was uh, really ballsy of you to come up, and especially with all these people around. I'm like, shit, I'm like, that's all right. Well, I wish you a great day anyway. She's like, no worries, have a good day. I have to walk back down the fucking galley where every single construction guy is, some of them are laughing, some of them are nodding, some of them are going, oh, look at this player, right? You know, all these different comments. You're so shaken inside. You're, this is the most nerve-wracking thing you've done in so long. The other two guys you were with are just shocked. They're like, what the fuck? And you're like, all right, let's go. Let's begin. It's 38 degrees. It's hot as shit. You keep walking. You spend the next, that's like 12 p.m. You spend the next five hours meeting person after person after person. Just cold, right? Cold people. Cold pe- Actual cold people. It turns that their 50 is not receptive interactions ending in five seconds you got a day two you got sorry you got a two set that was out the front of the state library that are sitting on this bench you go up and meet them they're actually fucking loving it then one of the wings so to speak comes in he actually bombs the interaction i didn't know that i'm in a new city i've only ever hanged out with my close wings so i only have positive reference experience that my wings know what they're doing but it seems that all not wings are created equal and that this wing actually hurt the interaction. And then now the new philosophy of that, I only wing with people that can hear my thoughts and I can hear theirs. That never again is this going to happen because I was having an amazing interaction with these two beautiful girls. He comes in, he fucks it up. But we have a great time anyway. We have a great time anyway. We exchange details, we do some texting with those girls anyway, but we get back on the day. That was like interaction five or six, and then we keep going. It's just a slog. It's so hot. We keep meeting person after person, and when I say we, it's just me. The other guys are just watching. Finally, it's the end of the day. After so many interactions, it's interaction. It's like 5.30. 
The sun is going down. It's still ridiculously humid and hot. I am drenched in sweat and oil. I probably look like an absolute tomato. Right? It's so hot out. And I'm walking out the top of Burke Street Mall. People are getting off of work. People are getting out of uni. And I see the absolute most stunning girl I've seen all day. Like my type of diamond. And she is my diamond in the sky. Beyond the general society's what a 10 would be. This is my 10. She's walking by, but she's a good 30, 35 meters away. And I, I, my vision is strained. I can barely even make out her silhouette, but I know that she's this girl. It has to be this girl. But I'm so physically drained, I can barely even summon the energy to go and meet her. This is interaction 15. Interaction 15 on this day in the slogging heat, brand new city, day one. I, I say to my wing, I'm saying, listen, can you just record this? Like, just get your phone out and just record this. And I barely even like slobber the words out. I don't even know why. I haven't recorded any of the other interactions. I just say, just record this somehow. I don't know how, but just do it, right? And so I run up to her barely. I'm like, just like this, just barely getting my body over to her. The last five seconds, I make the last spurt of energy. She's going up a busy, busy side, just up Swanston Street, just at the end of Burke Street, Burke Street Mall. I turn, I, I come around the side on the 45. She snaps like a magnet. Just, I deliver my open. It's a magnet. From the very first second we connect eyes, this is it. This is it. This is the most, I know from the very beginning, it's like, we're going to get to know each other here. This is going to be incredible. We have a beautiful inception, direct as always. I saw you look beautiful. And I remember saying, listen, it's fucking hot. I'm so drained, but you're beautiful. I had to say, hey, she absolutely loves it. She dives in. She's crossing her legs. We're in there on the side there. We're getting qualification. It's done and dusted. There's a bench to the side. I'm like, listen, we're in the way. Let's go down the side. Slide into investment. She's like, but what about your friends? And I'm like, why about my friends? We sit down there on the bench. We're chopping it up on the bench. And uh, we've been here for a good 20 minutes now. I say, listen, I want to go to the State Library. I'm new to the city. I want to check it out. And she's like, oh, but what about your friends? I'm like, fuck my friends. We walk up to the State Library. We go up to the top, the top, top balconies that look like something from a movie from fucking, I don't know, it's just a movie. It's just like you're looking at this this old British architecture, like several stories up, looking down to this most beautiful library, and it's like all white cement, and we find ourselves a little nook, and we sit down in the nook, and she tells me about uh, how her father abused her family and abused her, and they had to run away from him. Uh, and he was like part royalty in Thailand. And it was just this fucking blowing my mind. I'm like, what are you trying to say? That you're actually a princess? And she goes, I think legally, yes. But listen, it doesn't mean anything. So don't worry about it. I'm like, what the fuck? And so we're sitting, we're sitting there at this bench. We start playing like kids. We start playing like kids up and down the stairs in the state library, running away from each other, interacting with random people, just in this absolute bubble together. She's the most amazing girl I've ever met. To my, to my, at this stage in life, through cold approach anyway. And, and it's just, it's just, I can't even imagine what's happening at this point. I don't know where any of the other guys are. I don't know. I left them behind in my mind a long time ago. We get down to the state library and say, listen, let's get some water. We go down to Woolworths in QV. As we walk down, this is like supermarket, this, it's, 
it's peak hour. It's like, what, 6.30 now or something. There's tons of people in there. We're looking for bottled water. And there's like huge lines of people. And I just like stop her. I say, hang on, there's a faster way to find this water. Say, excuse me, everyone. Where is the water? Where is the bottled water? She starts cracking up laughing. Other people in the line start cracking up laughing. One of them says, it's aisle six, mate. And I'm like, fucking aisle six, let's go. And I whisk away to aisle six to get the bottle of water. So we're having so much fun with all these other people. We get the water back up. Now it's like, it's like time for her to like go home or something, right? No. I said to her, listen, I've heard about this river. I've heard about this river. Do you want to take me down to the Melbourne River? And she's like, all right. I'm like, is it far? And she goes, no, it's not far. Uh, from that, it's a good 15-minute walk if if there's no stri- uh, straight traffic. So it took about 20 minutes there dodging people. We go on a 20-minute walk down to this uh, down to the river in Melbourne, and then we hit up, uh, what's it called? The the A, the Akbar, not the Akbar, the A bar, whatever the bar is that starts of A down there. Her favorite bar, she says to me, I want to go to my favorite bar. We go to her favorite bar. We sit there on the edge as the water. There's ships and boats going by. There's people going by. We're sitting there just in connection next to each other. She's telling me about her life. Just, oh, just amazing and ridiculous. Never experienced anything like this. And it's, it's pissed me off why I can't remember the name of that bar. I guess it doesn't matter for the story. But it starts with A, I'm pretty sure. And uh, the Arbory. There we go, the Arbory. And so we're down there, and then and then I say, listen, is the botanics that far away? Couldn't be, right? She goes, no, it's not that far away. It's a good 15, 15 to 20 minute walk up from where we were in the Arbury, up the river. So we go up the up the river, we cross the bridge, we go to the botanic gardens, we find this giant clock. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it's like 15 meters wide clock, this incredible garden just off the side, the, the main street, St. Kilda Street, St. Kilda Road or whatever. And and we sit down there, and I say, this is the time where we need to sit. We need to we need to put this together now. We sit down. The wind starts swirling. The leaves are just picking up around us. She's sitting down next to me on these like low level cement steps beneath this giant clock, and the clock isn't in the air. It's like on the garden. It's like behind us on the garden. And the wind is swirling. Like it's just it's been a fucking hot day, but it's swirling. And there's leaves all around me. And I just know instinctively, based on my training at this time, he's like, you must kiss her now. And so I turn to her and I say, listen, you need to close your eyes. She closes her eyes immediately, no hesitation. I go in, I kiss her. You still feel it today? Still feel it today? We, we one punch man and we slow it down. We have three beautiful moments. I break it. But there's no explanation needed. And other times, a lot of girls would go, hey, what's that? Why are you breaking it up? What? What? So surprised. There was no surprise here. She was, we were one at that point. I put my arm around her. We watched the leaves just swirling, literally like that, that current of wind that just makes leaves swirl in the air, just right before us. No words being exchanged. I get out my phone. I take one of these leaves. It's like a brown brown-looking maple-ish type leaf, but huge, crunchy. And I get her to hold it with my hand in it. I hold my hand, holding the leaf, and I take a photo of it. Somewhere in my hard drives, that photo is still around somewhere. After this, I'll see if I can find it. I'll post it on Instagram. It's got to be somewhere. Fuck. We take that photo. 
And then, and then we decide it's finally time. I got to take her back to the train station. I walk her back to the train station. I say goodbye. Doesn't end there though. I then, walking back home, realize this is one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. I'm the greatest girl I've ever met in my life to this moment. What I just experienced is not even comprehensible. It's not even comprehensible to me, let alone other people who know about Cold Approach. It's absolutely insane. I record a vlog straight after it. It's probably still on the channel, actually. It is on the channel. What's interesting about this, guys, is that this is not just me telling you a story. You can actually go watch this story. You can actually go see the girl. It's in a video. It's one of the first videos on the channel. Let me get the name of it. It's all beginners need to know. Something like that. I'm not going to be able to find it now. All you have to do is go back to the beginning of the channel and you'll be able to watch uh, part of me. You'll be able to watch me meeting her. You'll be able to watch me taking her up to the State Library and you'll be able to watch my vlog of the thoughts at the end when I get back to my apartment. You can see how drained I was. Uh, it's called like the 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 only... All, be- all a beginner needs to know. Something like that. It's one of the very first videos on the channel. Fucking years and years ago. And so I proceed to to text her about what I was having for dinner that night and texting and texting. And then all of a sudden, she starts responding. We had tried to connect for a day two. It wasn't working. I never saw her again after that experience. I used to look at her texts for the week, two weeks after that. I even had a phone call over at a certain stage to try and line up a day two. It didn't come to be. It was just never the same. I looked at those texts afterwards and I was attached to those texts that she would send me in terms of breaking them down. Where did I make the mistake? What mistake's going on here? What did I do to, make, to, to cause this flakage? It doesn't make sense. It's the most intense experience of my entire life. Surely this was a done deal, right? It's like I've had experiences that weren't even a tenth of this that were sure connections to the day two, day three. So surely this one. But never heard from her again after that point. And eventually, as I had to make the entire podcast, or I took a clip from this and it's an entire clip on my channel called Why I Had to Delete My Dream Girl Forever. So I deleted those texts and I deleted her out of my contact book so I could no longer look at those texts and no longer contact her again. Never have a way to. Because I had made the fundamental mistake immediately afterwards showing my neediness for her. The over-texting. Looking back now, it's like if a client had come to me and I say, hey, what did you do afterwards? It's like, oh, you're texting her photos of your dinner, you're over-texting. What type of texts were you sending? Were they really short and sharp logistically based? No, actually. They were super needy, super invested, trying to ask her about everything and tons of paragraphs. What are you conveying? Absolute neediness. Why do I tell this story? The weight. How did that, how'd that begin, guys? How did that story begin? First day in a new city. Began by me making a decision that I'm going to change myself and prove that I am who I want to be. Go down. Begin the day by facing my fears of meeting that blonde woman who was married in front of all these people. Spend the rest of the day meeting cold human beings to some degree of efficacy, to some not. Went on a few instant dates, some not. Fucked up a two set of a wing I didn't, who didn't know what he was doing. Okay. So drained. 
wanting to just to just fall down by the end of the day. But for some reason, I knew I had to approach that last girl. And then that is what gave birth to a three-hour experience of magic that would never, ever come through an online dating experience, through a lukewarm, warm situation. Could only become something of reality in this current reality through the pain, through the struggle of what happened through the cold search dynamics, through all the lessons I'd learned to get to that. And as I made, as I made a, uh, in the bowl sip, the weekly email newsletter, and the articles I write in them last week, the pain and the pleasure, life is pain. And that pain only gives rise to pleasure, and pleasure only gives rise to pain. It's a pain. It's a, it's a cyclical nature. You know, when you rise to one moment, you will fall in the next, only to rise again, only to fall again, only to rise again, only to fall again. So I had experienced the peak, the absolute peak of what a cold interaction could ever be and then made the most tremendous mistake immediately after that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You'd never learn any of that, the weight and the quality of those lessons. You'd never learn any of those if it didn't come through cold dynamics, if it didn't come through that. Now that was years and years ago. It's one of the first videos I made on the channel. And so you imagine all the experiences that happened after that. Now, did I give up on the journey after that when she flanked? No, I got harder. I got stronger. I got more enraged. It's like, if I fucked up that bad, let's do it again. And again, and again. And so now, three to five day twos a week, every week, let's go. Just never make that mistake again. She was a, she had potential for blue moon, but I never got to see because I burnt that interaction because of my inadequacies. Because of my inadequacies, I burnt. Now, I was so, so, so indebted to her, so grateful to her for allowing me to go through that with her. She's just, she was, she was a formative part of my development of who I am today and that my sons will receive. And all of you, all of you, followers, clients, sons, children, I consider all beings in this life as we're all one and you're all my children. If you, learn, if you come here to learn, you're going to take this on and you all receive part of what she gave me. Which brings me to the final part. But I just wanted to bring that lesson in particular there's, there's, there's too many for me to discuss. That's just the one that always sticks in my mind as to why I have no respect for online dating. If you have the potential to go out and meet real people. Yeah. So, I said to you guys, I had a transformative experience last night in the dream state that has changed me forever. I was actually about to cancel this social Q&A because of it. Now, you know that's some shit if I'm willing to cancel. I've never canceled a social Q&A no matter what happened in life has happened over the last 55 episodes. If I said I'm going to be here to do the 10 a.m. session, I'm going to be here to do the 10 a.m. session. But I was actually considering uh, canceling it this morning because, because of what happened last night. So for those that haven't watched or don't understand the dream state concept don't understand the difference between dream state and current reality, go back to last week's podcast in the timestamps. It's the last half an hour. I give a full, we do a full explanation, a full dive of it. So I'm not going to go into all that today. But just for the sake of this session, in case you're here live now, you don't have time. 
there is no separation between the dream state and current reality for me, other than the parameters of what is accessible, aka processing power, physical capabilities, and the ability to trans, uh, transcend time and space. Those are the, the real three key differences. But in terms of what's real and what's not real, the dream state is no less real to me than what I'm experiencing right now. It's just that right now I'm experiencing it much slower. And I discussed last week uh, a couple uh, experiences on how to use dream state for intentional learning. How to actually go to bed and say, this is what I'm going to focus on, this is what I'm going to learn. And then to actually take that and work on that in your dream state, take those lessons and then use them in this reality. Uh, give a full explanation that on last week's podcast. So to follow on from that, Last night before I went to bed, I was thinking about this social Q&A, about what I was going to talk to you guys about. And this thing, this idea kept ringing through my mind, the purpose of cold approach, the purpose of social dynamics. That's, that's all I was thinking about the last thing I went to bed. That's something that I knew that I wanted to work on in my dream state. Just the purpose. Just think about this. Let's do some work on this uh, when we go to sleep now. Where do I even begin? So, the dream that I, or what I experienced in the dream state last night, there's almost words can't describe it to give it like a title. I guess only like the micro specifics I can give you play by play, but the macro title is. It's it's like it's like I'm done. It's like I'm I'm done. It's like I'm done. It's how do I even explain what that means? Okay, so it's hard for me to even hang on. Chat the matter. Oh, it's just some it's just some random. Never mind. I'll just I'll just explain what happened, and then maybe that will bring a title to it. It's very hard to put a title on what what I experienced. So, in this dream state experience, I'm sitting at a bar, kind of like an open bar by the beach. It's kind of like a white marble, white marble top. Directly next to me, with her back to me, is uh, a woman, brunette, kind of light brunette hair. For those of you, if you want to get a real visual, think about Lord of the Rings uh, elfish style hair. You know how the the elf women would have like a ponytail? They would do like some of their hair would be let down, but then they would have a ponytail that rides from the top. One of my girlfriends, I used to uh, ask her to do her hair that way because it's just so attractive to me. I fucking love it. I'm not going to derail the podcast to try and find an image of it, but you can search it up. I just, I remember saying to one of my girlfriends back, I'm like, elf, do the elf, when she would ask me how she wants me to do her hair. No, do the elf. Not, not a like Christmas elf, but like the Lord of the Rings elf style. And actually you see a lot of Spartan women would do their hair that way as well. And Greek, that, that era, you know, kind of mythical fantasy type hairstyle. Anyways, I'm in this, I'm in this bar, this by the beach, there's this woman with her back to me. She's got a friend she's speaking to, but I can see the back of her hair. And what proceeds to happen is a full journey from beginning to end 
of what it means to interact with this woman. But it doesn't happen in micros, as in it's just like years and days and days and days and years. It's the journey of being with her for years, but segmented into key moments in which that I learned to hold a woman for the first time. I learned to kiss a woman for the first time. And I learned to die with a woman for the first time. These are the three lessons that I learned from this experience that's about to happen. All condensed into these segments. So the first segment was when I met her in the bar. She had this... She had this blonde friend of her who was fucking off her tits, just running around the bar, trying to meet tons of people. When she turned around, and I remember meeting her and locking eyes for the first time. Deep, deep chestnut, dark brown eyes. And what I'm faced with is just the absolute epitome of a feminine being I could ever imagine. Just everything about her was absolute perfection. Just a, the moment eye connection was made, that's it. That's why I told you guys at the beginning, done. It's done. Segment. Some, whatever happens next, I don't know, but actually this is what happens next. We find ourselves in embrace. I have my arms around her waist like this. She's wearing a tight, light blue dress and the material is really smooth, kind of silky, silky smooth. She has her arms around my neck and we're just staring each other deep, deep as we're like this in the eyes. And as if an hour had elapsed, it, that was the time it took me to move my hands from the small of her back around her waist to the front. For those of you on the podcast, you really have to be on YouTube to see what I'm doing here. But it felt like it took an hour just to separate my hands and to run them along her back, her lower back and around her hips to the front, just like that. And I can feel every single second of it right now. I can feel the material. I can smell her. I can see that look in her dark chestnut eyes. I can feel the weight of her hands pulling on the back of my neck. And that to me, in, in terms of relative terms of current reality, it felt like an hour. It's, it's so burned into my experience. Just the very fibers of what she was wearing, I can feel it on my fingertips right now. I can feel the heat in my fingertips just right now. It's that potent of, a, of an experience. That was inception of meeting her. She has no name. I, I don't know anything about her. All I know is that it was an open bar at the beach. She had some blonde friend running around the bar. She turned around, eye connection, a hug, a hug and an embrace that lasted an hour. Jump to the next segment. We're in some kind of football oval, open space, like Australian rules football oval, grass, tons of people around. It's not a footy game. There's no game on. And there's all of our high school friends schoolmates, friends, but from high school. As I remember them from high school when I was 13 to 18. And they're all in the stands, they're all around us just yahooing, just 
kind of yelling about. And amongst all of this noise and craziness, she's there. And I see her now. I see her in that same blue dress facing me. Tight, light blue dress. Dark, dark chestnut eyes. That elf brunette hairstyle. Just the perfection. Absolute perfection. Everything about her. I've never experienced, seen anything like this. And and I start to distance. And I take, and I take a step back and... And I step, take a step back to, I almost wake up within what's happening here. And I go, I don't, I don't need you. It's like, I, we don't need to be together. So we probably shouldn't even be together. And she comes side by side with me. And we're just standing there on this football over with all these high school friends and mates around. And, and we're just shoulder to shoulder. And the energy is like, we just, I don't need you. I don't need you. It's not a disdain. But it's just a, if this ends now, this ends now, you know. I'm not going to push on you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you don't want to do or even give you the idea that I need this to be anything more than it is right now. Just, just being here with you now is more than enough. And it's really just this, I'm done. I'm done mentality. And that's when I somehow just turned to the side Nestle my nose underneath her neck. You know, the way that a lion's... You imagine the way lions kiss each other? If you've ever seen the way lions kiss each other, I, I do this a lot with girls I'm in a deeper relationship with. I do lion kissing with them, and I'll, that's what I call it. I call, them, I call it lion kissing. You just look at the way lions and cats kiss each other. It's this endless flow of necks moving around each other. You know, it's the way that they move their necks around each other and just flow. And the, when one partner pushes to the left, the other one pushes to the right. And if you just, if you guys are on the podcast, you just have to look at the way I'm moving my wrists. But when you use your necks to kiss each other, and that's what I started, just very slow though. I'm doing it too fast there, but it's, you know, it's very slow. It's so gentle, it's so subtle. And I'm just moving my head and my neck around hers. And then all of a sudden, the high school friends and the mates and the crowds start directing their yahooing towards us and start going fucking crazy about it. And the energy starts to lift. And, and without translation of English, there's no English words being translated, but the cementing now is that we're together now. It's like we're, we are together now. And all of a sudden, I know her name. I've never known a woman's name in the dream state ever. Not ever. Not even just a woman's name. I've never known another being's name in the dream state. Not even my best friends or my parents have I ever said, if I had my mom in my dream saying her name, say my brother, his name, say Roy. Roy often appears in my dreams, but never am I aware that his name is Roy. The lingual is never there, ever. In all of my, I've had a lot of sexual experiences and sexual learnings in the dream state. Never has any woman ever had a name. But now, as I'm facing her on this oval, and we're just like hand in hand staring into into each other's eyes, I know what her name is, and it's Shia. And I'm struggling to pronounce it. It's like not coming out right. And I remember in the dream thinking like, shh, I have to... Remember, I might have to, it's, 
It's Shire. It's Shire. Shire. It's Shire. And I'm, I'm doing that, but I'm getting it. And, but it, it's, that's something that now, in the moment, I don't reflect on it. Now I reflect on it going, that's something that's never happened before. And so she has a name now. This segment, we're together now. All of a sudden, space disappears, everything goes away, and now we go into a real kiss. But it's a kiss like I've never experienced before in my entire life. There was a fullness. We start making out, but that word doesn't really describe it. It's an open lip kiss, and there's tongues involved. But as I go to kiss her, it's just full. It's the most enriching, fulfilling experience I've ever felt physically. As I have my hand around her waist and she has a hand around my neck and we're kissing each other. And as, as our mouths enter each other's mouths, it feels like we enter each other. It feels like our, our essence of being is being transcommunicated, transferred between each other. I can, and in this moment right now, talking to you guys, and all out this, throughout this morning, prior to this podcast, when I was on the way to the gym, when I was in the gym, I couldn't stop think, feeling this again. I couldn't stop feeling what it felt like to allow my being to enter another's, to physically let it go into someone else and have the, the same happen to me. But it is, and it's so, it stays with me now. It's like I can, so I'll be honest, guys, I've, I've kissed a lot of girls. Right. I know what it's like to make out with God. I know what when it's on. I know when it feels good. I know when we're in the same sink, the same pace. And this was just the absolute epitome of that. It's just the the flow. The flow of what was happening was insane. All right, that segment, the joining of two together is done. Fast forwards. We're in bed together. She meets my mom. We're in bed. It's kind of like a... It's a low, it's like a half, it's like a studio apartment. It's kind of dark, low lit. It's a very big uh, king size bed. And, and I'll, I'll save you guys the explicitors, but yes, we're having aggressive, aggressive sex. And my mum though is at the other end of the studio apartment just checking in some business uh, documents. Like she's just kind of on her way through. And uh, not obviously when we were, we stopped obviously having aggressive sex when my mom came in, but, and then, and introduced, but we stayed in bed, but I introduced her to her. And again, her name appeared in this next segment, but I had to struggle to get it out. But I said, um, mom, this is Shire, Shire, this is mom. And they made each other. And then, and there's just like a, a harmony, a, a commune with, between the two. My mom leaves. And then it's just me lying on the bed from my perspective, and Shire is just mounted on top of me. Just just as if you're in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's not sexual. Uh, but she's just mounted on top of me. And all I can see again is those dark chest bra- chestnut brown eyes just staring deep into me with that hair again. And her perfection, all of her perfection. And we're just staring at each other knowing that this is it. It's like we're done. And for what felt like hours go by just looking me looking up at her her looking down into me it's done and it's just my my 
the the sensory receptors in my fingers are on fire at the moment. I can feel legitimate heat in my hands. Remember going through this experience again. Next segment. So that was, if I can repackage it, that's our connection of sexual intimacy, of our now on a on a different level of energy, our sexual energy com- combined together. Now, next segment. We're in this greenhouse. And it's someone's birthday party. I don't know whose, but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of green plants around in pots and a lot of dripping water everywhere. And Roy's there on the bench in front of me. I'm on like a high wooden bench. Roy's in front of me, and Shy is right next to me. And I'm introducing her to all of my friends now. To my best friend, I record. Roy says to her, "He's like, it's nice to meet you, Shy." I'm. He's like, don't worry what anyone else says. I am Adam's best friend. his exact accent in the exact phrasing in the exact same way he would and and he he starts shaking his she's there shaking his his hands and I again but I get stronger out of his time I say this is Shia because what's happening in this dream state is I'm learning to verbalize uh, something that never ever gets verbalized and so it's a learning process for me in it and so we're sitting there next to each other and she just keeps meeting all these people that I somehow know. Some of the faces I don't actually know, but I know somehow. And, and so with this segment, it's like commune of entire network. Now it's, it's, it's her and I, but now she's been introduced as her and I with the entire network now of just these passing and goers. And we're just sitting next to each other, holding each other's hands. I can still feel the light blue dress. Final segment. No, oh, second. Second to last segment now. It transitions to outside of my old house back when I first moved to Adelaide under the grapevines, cement tiles. There's Olympic rings hanging from the top. There wasn't, I wasn't into Olympic rings back then when I lived at that house. So that's like a, a piece from this current, this house. But there's Olympic rings that are really high, super high, so high that I have to get up on a ladder to get up and reach them. Like a really tall ladder, like one of those uh, TLC ladders from WWE. Super high ladder. And I climb up and there's a lot of people watching. There's now friends and mates and people I know from current day Adam. So all of the people that have been in this dream state experience have been from my high school, high school friends and family members and other mates of that kind. But now Mikkel, who I've done several podcasts with, Mikkel uh, is now present. There's a few people from my current uh, current reality in 2018 to 2020 space up here. And I'm getting up, I'm climbing on these rings to go to these Olympic rings. And even though Shire isn't now on me or with me, like physically in her body, I can't see her anywhere around me. But as I go to perform the most basic of movements on the rings, I can't. It's, it's so heavy. Just to pull myself up into one pull-up feels like I have 50 kilos loaded on a belt. It is taking the absolute strength of me and I'm starting to lose my grip to do one pull-up on this really... And everyone down below is yelling at me and trying to shout me on. And, and inside, inside, I know that the reason what this weight is, is Shire. And I know that she's with me. But now, 
She's in me. And that's what that weight is. It's just so heavy. And I can feel her within me. Like as if her weight is there. It's like you can't even see. It's so hard to describe. But her feminine essence, it's not just that I feel heavy, but I can feel her feminine womanly presence within me as if we're one together. And so I'm trying to do one pull up. And then normally I would be trying to, especially my old, what my old ego would be trying to do is trying to do ring muscle ups because it's someone quite adept on. But I can't, there's no way. There's no way I can do a ring muscle up when I can barely even do a regular pull up. And so my grip is starting to loosen up. I'm about to fall off, but I know why. And it's okay. I let go. That ends there. And now the final segment. Well, actually, that's where the dream ends. The dream state ends. The dream state ends there. And I wake up into current reality. I return to current reality. I immediately go into deep meditation because it's not done. This journey's not done yet. And the moment I come to vision in this current reality, I go, no, 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 focus. He's like, focus on what's, what's going on here. Reconnect. You've got one more piece to go. I go back, I go into deep meditation. And the first thing that appears is a giant sea cliff. Raging sea below us. Raging waves, swells. 100 foot high sea cliff. Rocks are falling apart. Falling off of it, the swirling overcast winds. Something you might imagine from Vikings. And it's just Shia and I at the very edge of the cliff. Like dangerously close to the edge of the cliff. And we're in that same position as when we first met from part one. I have my hands around her hips. She's wearing that same tight, silky blue dress. I can feel it. She's staring me into my eyes. The same look in her eyes. The same hair. We go to kiss again and we have that exchange again of entering each other while kissing. It's just... ah. It, it, short, it short circuits my mind recounting it. It completely blows everything in my head, feeling it because I can feel it right now. I can feel exactly what that was like. And we're there at the cliff and then I just throw ourselves off. I take, I'm, she's, hold, she's got her hands around my neck. I've got my hand around her waist. I pull her as tight as I possibly can and I throw ourselves off the cliff. It's a good hundred feet down into the raging sea. And on our way down, you got to imagine we're face to face with our heads, heads now about to collide head first with the raging sea in moments, probably only got five, 10 seconds, five seconds probably. And I instinctively go to look, go to look at the waves. Like I, I want to look at what I'm about to be met with head first because we're about to die. We're about to die right here. But then she draws me back. She didn't use her hands, her hands around my neck. She didn't say anything, but she drew me back. And my eyes and my neck got pushed, turned back to make connection with her. And we locked eyes again until impact, until hardcore impact. Everything goes black. There's like a, a, a fray of red, white, and blue light that just hits you in an instant. And that's and you feel the thud of you hitting that water as if you hit cement, which is what it would be like if you if you jumped off a um if you jumped off high enough into water, there's no time for the water surface to break, so it's like hitting cement. And that's it. 
And that's it. Done. Even though that final piece was not within the dream state, it's as if there was no separation. I wasn't, I wasn't architecting it within my mind. I wasn't trying to process it. I was just experiencing it in the same way that I do in the dream state. Not like the way that I'm doing now of you guys in the podcast, in which I am architecting this podcast. So, after that, after I spent the rest of the, I spent, I normally, you guys know, know me, I'm straight into the cold shower the moment I wake up. I spent a good half an hour just lying there, just like an absolute fish, the way that I am now. You guys can see my veins are pumped up right now. There's that, the heat, the heat that is running through my, my hands. And I was just, I just took a good half an hour to recount and to try and understand everything that just happened. And there's just three things that came to mind. So you learn to hold a woman for the first time. You learn to kiss a woman for the first time. And you learn to die with a woman for the first time. And it was the first time I'd ever experienced journey to journey beginning to end with a woman in a dream state that I know the name of and that every experience from the sensual to the spiritual is locked away with me now. You can feel it. You can feel it so deep and just this overdue, this overall residue of I'm done. I'm done with life. I'm done with, uh, with ever attempting to do anything else with social dynamics, with... Uh, there's no striving in there's no striving to be done. There's nothing I don't know. There's nothing that I need to experience uh, anymore. The experiences are done, the the unlock, there's nothing that's not available to me now. Is that anything else now that I wish to experience is going to be me aligning it to what I experienced in that dream state within that segment of the interaction. There's something that popped up to me at the end, which was, there was, what do you notice wasn't there, Adam? There was no involving of institutions. There was no government or church. And there were no children. No children, no governments, no institutions. These were three things that popped into my mind in reflection that were very obvious of what wasn't in that experience. And the first two made sense. The, I've... I've, always, I've got much content on marriage and why it's not for me and uh, i got entire podcasts on it. So it made sense that there was no church bells or uh, anything like that, no marriage, nothing like that within this end-to-end journey. But the children one was of interest to me for a second. But then it made sense and it's something I've been saying to you guys this entire podcast, which is that, and I've, I've been saying it for, I've said it many times, in quiet moments, I've never made a whole thing about it. It's just a quiet knowing in which that I feel like I'm okay with not having children come from my physical vessel because I perceive all beings as my children. All of you that come to the live chat, all of you, the old man I met on the street the other day, the old ladies I interact at the park every day, everyone I come by. It's like I've been learning to empty myself more and more. And the more I do that, I see that you're all my children. And so 
with Shire, it made complete sense to me that there was no need for us to have a a child from our physical vessels. It wasn't a prerequisite to our end-to-end journey. So these three three things that were absent made a lot of sense and uh, was there to come with. And I spent, I I went to the gym and I trained, but but, uh, the entire walk there and the entire gym there, in my rest periods, I was, I would stop and just, and I would hold her. Like I was literally in the gym this morning after doing a, a, a circuitry set of pull-ups to push-ups to rows. In my rest period, it's like, do you still feel it? And I like, I can still take myself down. Like I still feel it. I still feel it. And then when I was walking home, I'll be mid stride. And then I would say, stop and kiss her again. And do that entering again. Enter her through that kiss and feel what it was like to be fully fulfilled and whole as you exchanged in a moment of kissing with this woman. And it's like, I was there on the street, literally out in the street, performing that movement, but feeling all of it from everything, from touching her hair to feeling her tongue to the full connection. But it's more than just those parts. It's the sum of all those parts that made the whole of an experience that I've in the current reality, I've never seen before. And in the dream state, never seen before. This was something that, and it's just at the end, it's like, I'm done. It's like, I'm done. Now, I don't want you guys to get confused with saying that, oh, so that's it, end of the channel, end of coaching. Never gonna, I'm going to move to Japan now and just become a butcher's boy and you guys will never hear from me again. Or even if you weren't thinking that, maybe you're thinking that, oh, so what are you saying, Adam? You're not even going to learn? You're not even going to attempt to learn anything anymore? That's where you've missed everything. If that's what you think, if that's what you got from what I said, you've missed everything then. Because now that, for me, the way that it feels is that I've felt the peak, the absolute epitome of what, of what a connection in social interaction could be, of human interaction could be. But I'm not there yet. There were things that I experienced with Shire that I haven't experienced in current reality. There was feelings that she gave me and a feeling that we had together that I haven't experienced in this current reality yet. So in terms of my own personal development, that's really what what I'm kind of sharing the story that will lead to a point at the end. From a personal development side on my end, it's like, for me, it's, it's the... I'm a child again. Is it the moment that it was done? It was like, it's like, I, I want to, this online dating, it's like, no, no, delete the apps, delete the online dating apps. It's like, even during COVID, I shouldn't even been using them because what if, what if I could have had that inception? It's, it's like the dream was telling me, like what I was learning in the dream state was the real epitome of what it is to be practicer of cold approach or practicer of online dating apps because when the when the buck stopped or when i finally got out of out of bed after recounting the actual experience i then thought but hang on a second what did you go to bed thinking about last night i'm like i think about what are the best lessons i can convey in tomorrow's social q a let's work on that in tonight's dream state and it's like well this is it it's like and the thing that ran through my mind in the shower was in the cold shower was which is rare because i normally don't have thoughts in the cold shower is could you have experienced Shire through online dating apps? I'm like, no. No, I never would have wanted to. It's like it would have been the, the biggest shame in the world 
if I had somehow met her partway through the journey of the experience of her through online dating apps. It's like, no, no, don't even, don't even. Cold, only cold, only cold. So that's why I actually want, that's why I brought up this story for you guys. Because that I gave you a real, sorry, I gave you a story from current reality with the girl that I went on the, the whole day slog, the last girl of the day that I met ended up being one of the greatest experiences and then fucked it up, had to keep learning, etc. Uh, the make out in front of the clock, that whole entire experience of her. That was something that happened in current reality that showed me the epitome of what could happen in a human interaction. Last night, I had the epitome of that in the dream state and I'm forever changed because of that. I woke up, I've, I've been walking around for the rest of today feeling different, completely different, completely changed. I have a completely different mindset towards my own development now. I know exactly what I need to uh, learn. I know exactly what I need to experience in this current reality. I know which pieces of the dream state that I have under wraps. I know which pieces that uh, are an absolute challenge to me that I'll need to now go ahead and practice really hard for the next couple of years that I experienced in that dream state. And, uh, and so that's, that's from the personal development from my point of view. But what you guys should be able to take from that, at least tactically, is that the journey never ends. Is that the, there's always going to be the next lesson for you. And even if it means you have to get to the point in which that the lessons are so f- few and far between in your current reality that you need to go into dream state reality to work on things that allow you the physical capabilities and the processing power not accessible here. It's like there were things that ex- I can't access the feeling of my physical being entering the epitome of my f- feminine counterpart in this reality. It's not physically possible here, but it is over there. And so me bridging that gap and getting close as possible, that's my work to do here. Will I ever be done? I hope not. I hope not. I hope I'll never be done. I hope that I'll get to 75, 80, 100 years old. And I'll be on my deathbed. It'll be the final moment. And maybe I'll have a glimpse, just that glimpse before I die. And it's just a little cheeky reminder going, you're not done. You're not done. And that's the final thing that runs through my mind. And because it's the absolute paradox of that I am done. And because that's how I feel. It's like the feeling is that I'm done, which means I'm not done. The experience in the dream state shows me what it means to be done. My life in current reality shows me that I'm not done. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. And then, of course, the final thought comes to me in my mind and goes, but Adam, are you happy to die now? I'm like, yes. Yes. I'm happy to die now. As a question, I regularly check in with. I always check in with that question. Are you happy to die now? And if it's, if it's, never, if it's ever not a yes, then there's big problems. And it has never not been a yes for nine years. For nine years, it has always been a yes. At 18, I started asking myself the question, are you happy to die? It took me a good month of work, though, to get to yes. And even after that, that two stage feels like, happy to die? Yes. So, my friends, that wraps up the content section of this podcast. I'll now open it up to open Q&A, which means that uh, if you guys have any questions on anything, dating, social dynamics related, uh, anything in the world of human interaction, you can drop it in that box there below. Uh, please ask, I humbly ask that if you haven't already, please drop a thumbs up on this video if you're enjoying this content. And if you're listening to this in post and you have some thoughts and some feedback, I love to see comments on the actual video in post and I always respond to them. So I will do that. 
And yeah, so now uh, also if you want to use Super Chats, that option is available, which means that if you want to make a donation to the channel, anything that you want to ask, we have more time to it. I'll dive deeper to it. And it just goes to support in the show. That's most appreciated. So uh, we do have one Super Chat, which was Takumi Kun dropping a $5 Australian with a pink sumo man flexing, flexing Sam Boss. That's right. That's a good one. I don't mind that at all. So T, you've got the floor. If you've got a particular question, uh, let's hear it. And yes, T does come in saying, I have a question. Exclamation mark. Give me a sec. T, while you're asking that question, I'm just going to go to the chat and just address any, some comments that I've definitely missed. And then we'll get to T's first question. Open Q&A. Let's do it. Thank you, Marshall. So... So NK had asked if I'm Australian. Yes, I am Australian. He asked me, do I meditate? I already answered that. He says, does meditation give alpha male energy? And I said, what I say to that? I say that, I say that meditation is a tool that allows you to center your energy. Ben High then comes in saying, Adam's eternal energy meditation is truly amazing. It gives the moment, which is always within you to begin with. Us, thank you for that uh, feedback on the guided meditation, Ben. I know you've got a lot from it and I'm very humbled. Thank you. He then goes on saying the weight of lessons from cold approach begins with why one has begun. What has led to one to seek this path? Whatever it be, the lessons are how to be with a woman and they never truly end. Yeah, definitely. Why you sought out the journey in the beginning and purpose. Definitely. Amar then comes and saying, hello, Adam. Damn, I'm in late. He's in late. Yes, you are very late. That's okay. It's always here for post. Good to have you. Uh, T had then come and saying similar thing happened to me this weekend. Oh, this was back in the Chinese. This is these comments are well back. This is from the Chinese SEAL Team Six story. Busted in on my interaction, and T said, "T said something similar." Lovely woman started crying when I initiated intimacy. Luckily, I was prete- prepared from trauma, social Q and A, and it was all good. Yes. So what T is describing there is it came across a woman that has some sexual abuse past history or some type of uh, hurt locker. And she experienced a trigger point and he was able to handle it as a result of the trauma social Q&A. Bloody beautiful. If you don't know what he's talking about, it's the how to love a woman who's been sexually abused. That's what it's called. It's only like two episodes ago. He then saying it ended up being a really beautiful moment of emotional connection. And he started crying too. But then real trust was established and left on a high note. That's beautiful. Well done. Well done to Yokideck, my star. That is fucking awesome. That's what I'm talking about. That's when you know the content is actually, this content has purpose. That just lights me up because it means it's someone who took something that we talked about here and then applied it in the real world. That's what this shit's about. That's amazing. Ben resounding it, saying, T, you're the man. Ben saying, Adam, this is the greatest story I've ever heard. That was the Chinese SEAL Team 6. Apollo saying, bro, this is too good. Sparta King saying, Corona fucked up everything. Corona's done a few things. Uh, now moving down to further comments. Ben Holland saying, this is real, Adam. I love your willingness to share. This is when we, we, when we began the Shire story. He says that his girlfriend and him sometimes kiss each other with our cheeks. I love the line kissing. Oh, yes. Beautiful, Ben. Yeah, try it just with the necks. Just maneuver around the necks if you haven't already. Sounds like you probably have. 
Lion Kissing is amazing. Uh, Rami, oh, Rami Murad comes in saying, Adam, it's so good to be back. Been missing the live. I uh, haven't seen Rami in a long time. Good to have you, Rami. T comes in saying, Shia. He says Shia in capitals with a cross symbol. Uh, as in like the Jesus cross saying Shia's language of origin is Hebrew. The meaning of Shia is God is salvation. Wow, that's intense. That is, that's actually really intense because I've, I've never met a woman named Shia and I've never said a woman's name in a dream state ever, yet that was this girl's name. That just, I happened to know. Like it took me a while to get it out, but I happened to just know it. It was just an intense knowing. Sal comes in saying, hey, bruh, that's really awesome. Thanks for researching that, T. Uh, Sal comes in saying, hey, bruh, I know I'm late, but can't wait to listen to some posts. No worries, Sal. Hope you'll be enjoying the posts. Ben Hunt comes in saying, could it be that Shia is your own feminine spirit formed in the dream state? Your ideal of yourself from both masculine and feminine representations of the self? Good questions. Good questions, Ben. I don't know. Uh, T then coming in saying, before awakening, chop wood, carry water. After awakening, chop wood, carry water. I'm done, but I'm not done. That's it. I love that. I love that one. That's a great one. I love the, the way of describing the concept of I'm done, but I'm not done with the chop wood, carry water. The first time I ever heard that concept explained was rake the leaves, paint the fence. It's so that my first spiritual mentor, Paul, would say, he would go, he go, we'll have these deep discussions on the nature of reality. And he would say to me at the end of it all, just to bring it all together, he would go, no, sound. We've discussed all these deep metaphysical things, but you still got to paint the leaves. You still got to rake, sorry, you still got to paint the fence and rake the leaves. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, paint the fence, rake the leaves, spiritual awakening, paint the fence, rake the leaves. You still, even, so whatever happens, you still, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. That's awesome. I love that. Chop wood, carry water. Uh, Anumina Melon comes in saying, how do you negotiate masks? During co- ah, he's up. So Anumina's dropped a question from before regarding mask in cold approach. So when we get to, when the social, when the super chats have been addressed, I will definitely address that one. No worries. So, T had come in with the first super chat question with the five dollars Australian saying, "Question: One of my closest bros from school has been getting into drugs. In what see as a reckless manner in the last few months? I think you mean as what? I think he means as what? What he sees as a reckless manner. So basically, one of his close friends from school has been getting into drugs." And T determines it to be quite reckless in the last few months. Any thoughts on being supportive, but also seeking good influences for myself? Hmm. So what's interesting there, T, is I, I thought your question, the way it was being phrased, was going to be something similar of, you know, what do I do to help him to get sober, to get him, to get him clean? That's the way it sounded, your message was sounding. But actually, you've asked something quite different, which is you're asking more about your exposure, when you say any thoughts on being supportive but also seeking good influences for myself, what, what I'm hearing from you is how much time to spend around him, how much time to allow him spending around me. Is that the crux? Because that's how it's, I'm interpreting it. 
I'll start with that. If there's any more follow-ons, feel free to add it on. But that's an interesting question of itself. As to, uh, yeah, when a, when a good friend starts to lose his way on the path, it can be very detrimental to yours. What's the balance of spending time helping him get back onto the path or aka truly helping him to find his own way back to the path versus continuing to walk your own path and not being degraded because of that? It really, it really depends on what you have to learn from it too. You know, I think uh, when you have a brother or someone who's close to you who is not walking a path that you deem to be a light, first off, we have to analyze why is that? Why would I think that this is not a path of light? Like, Am I allowing my own ego to determine how he should think, feel, see, and walk in this life? So we address ourselves, make sure we try and move our 50 out of it as much as possible. And then we sit down, we have the discussion with him to really quash that and go, listen, mate, I've just been observing these things. Uh, I've had friends who have had addiction problems to many different forms, gambling, women particularly, uh, you know, sexual validation is what I'm saying there. Uh, gambling, sexual uh, addiction, uh, alcohol. I've had friends that have gone through all these things, got family members that have had deep drug addictions and uh, not close family members, offshoot family members. And the path for me is always me sitting down for them and just relaying them to, to them what I'm observing, not trying to color it subjectively saying that this is wrong or this is right, but just putting it forward, saying this is what I've noticed. I've noticed that X, Y, and Z. I've noticed that this times a day, this many times a day, this times a month, you're taking this substance and it seems to have this effect. You don't seem to be this type of person anymore. In fact, you seem to be very short, sharp, or very uh, melancholic. You seem to be very depressed, very anxious. You seem to be et cetera, et cetera, to just to relay how they're showing up in the world. Because a lot of the times when you're deep in addiction, you don't know. You don't know how you're being perceived. All you know is what you know. Don't even know what you don't even know. So if you can relay that back to them, and then comes the pass of do they reach out for help? Or do they smack the hand away? Even though you didn't actually offer any hand, it will be perceived that way. Just the very fact of you having a direct conversation with them about their addiction, it can only be they just they take an extra step for you. So that's why you don't even need to do that for them. You don't even need to go out to them and say, hey, we need to discuss your life. We need to tell you how to get you back on the right path. They're going to make that self-interpretation anyway. So save yourself the pain and your ego the pain of just relaying them to the objective feedback as much as possible, trying to leave your subjective ego out of it, which is impossible, but to the highest degree. And then you'll see, do they reach out? Do they reach out and say, how can I fix this? You know, what can I do? And then that's going to be your decision as to how much exposure you give to it. You know, you're going to spend every single waking day with him. You're going to speak one day a week with him. You're going to spend a month. That's going to be based on your relationship, your connection with him, which I could never tell anyone. However, the, pa- the pitfall that might be of use to you in looking at that is what? It's almost not a pitfall. If someone reaches out for help, they're asking for a reason. And that is going to teach you something by helping to guide them back to the path. So it's not necessarily such a negative influence on your life to help someone who's actually asking to get back on the path. What is a negative influence is if they smack the hand away 
and they go, well, listen, they might not even be that aggressive, but they might even, it's something, most times it is aggressive, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just that, hey, I hear what you're saying, but it's really not much of your business and I'm just going to live my life. I've got one life and I'm just going to live my life. And it's like, that's, and at that point, that is a smacking of the hand away. They're saying, I don't want your help. Well, I don't even want to help myself, essentially is what they're saying. And so then exposure therapy, uh, so exposure becomes more important because then your ego will latch on and go, but I remember you to be this guy. I remember our old relationship. We used to be great friends. We used to have this great relationship. I want that back. I know I've seen him before like that. So let's get back to there. And so now you start trying to do too much, say too much, start to impress on him too much, which only, of course, pushes him away, forces him away. With someone like that who smacks the hand away and turns away from helping themselves, the stance I take is just check in. I just check in. Once a month, something like that, I'll send him a message or her a message and say, hey, I was just thinking of you and I just wanted to see if you're okay. Because a message as simple as that, I was just thinking of you and I said, want to see if you're okay. I sent a girl a message that other day. I, sent, I literally just, uh, the other night, I sent a girl a message who I hadn't seen in ages and I just say, hey, listen, had a random thought about you, just want to see if you're okay. I do that routinely with, with the people in my uh, awareness. Maybe I haven't even spoken to in months, in years, but if it's someone with an addiction, you know, once a month, I'll send them a message just checking in. And every now and again, you hit them at the right time. And they actually go, actually, yeah, do you have a moment to video chat? It's COVID. Speaking of a girl in fucking uh, Indiana, Indiana the other, a couple of weeks ago, shouted Candy. And she, uh, I hadn't spoken to her in a long time, probably about half, maybe a whole year. And I just, uh, I checked in with her, just sending her a random message saying, hey, uh, I hope you're okay. Just, send, just saying that I was thinking of you, had a random thought, see if you're okay. And she messaged me back saying, do you have time to a video chat? And all of a sudden we get into this hour long video chat because she's dealing with issues with her partner. And so sometimes you just hit people at the right time uh, when they need it. And as long as they know that you're the open space for it, you don't have to be there every day. You don't have to be there every week. The, the biggest problem with trying to fix addiction is that, trying to fix it, trying to tell them how they should live their lives and how they should do. It just doesn't work. It never works that way. They have to find the light for themselves too. They have to see the light for themselves. And that when they do choose to make that first step, which can only be done on their own, which is the acknowledgement they need to change, then their ability to access resources, that's you. You'll be that resource and you'll be available. Make yourself available with check-ins. Yep. Tia then comes with some further context saying, yeah, that's what I mean. Don't really want to be around him when he's using, but feel guilty if I just cut him away. Okay, cheers. I think that check-in strategy sounds good. Yeah, I, t- I totally feel you. You don't want to be exposed uh, to unhealthy habits as well, of course, and unhealthy habits of mind, particularly psychology. You know, apart from the physical effects, uh, it's more about being around people who are not psychologically sound. It definitely affects you. So, yeah, be careful of that. T then went on saying, I've told him my feelings before and he's always said he's all good and wants to figure it out for himself. Yeah, so yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'll give you an example, a really small example here. Uh, T, my brother used to be addicted to Coca-Cola, like addicted. Like he would drink, there was one stage during high school where he was drinking like two, three liters a day 
and just slabs, going through slabs of cans every single week. And it took me years to get him on kombucha. Like I tried to introduce it to him. I absolutely hated it. But then slowly, just time after time, giving him different experiences, different flavors, he finally found one that he liked and slowly started to transition from Coca-Cola to kombucha, which for those you don't know, is just fermented tea. And now he's hooked on kombucha. He absolutely loves it and barely drinks Coca-Cola. That took years and he hated it at first. But now it's completely different on that. So, uh, But I was always there. I was never trying to force kombucha upon him. I just always said, hey, you want a healthier way? I'll show you the healthier way. And that's it. And he eventually came around. That's all you can ever do, yeah? So, T, thank you very much for that super chat. I really appreciate it. And now I'm going to address the next open question. And I think I'm going to make this the last one, unless there's another super chat. If there's, I'll give time for one more super chat, but if not, I'm going to make this last open queue. And the reason for that is because, uh, as I said before, I'm done. I'm done in terms of uh, my energy. When we do podcasts, for those of you who might be noticing a difference here, when we've done live Q&A podcasts where we've had a real groundbreaking moment, I often don't do open Q&A. I often just leave it there and stop it. But uh, T had already dropped the super chat well before I'd finished Shire's story. But I just want to reiterate that, that, that the Shire experience has has changed me in, on a f- level of fiber that I've, I haven't experienced before. And I just want to point this out as well, guys, that for those of you I spoke about last week in the dream state, for those of you that struggle with recall, like Ben High, for those of you that struggle with um, actually being able to intentionally learn within the dream state, I mentioned the process of journaling and the process or to get yourself uh, attuned to learning those lessons in the dream state. So what do I do? Uh, after my experience of Shire, I journal all out. I got two pages of intricate notes right here that go through it moment by moment. Shire, 1st November 2020, blue moon dream, how to hold a woman, how to kiss a woman, how to die with a woman, met at a bar, something of her hair first. Oh, shot of, uh, saw her hair first. <laughs> Blonde bimbo friend. <laughs> Uh, slow motion hold hug release blue tie dress dark brown eyes big brunette ponytail elf body of heavenly sculpture this is these are the notes that I'm literally reading from the experience and I just I just go through it systematically every single thing to sexual play meets my mother while in bed mounts on top of me nothing matters we are we are fully enraptured by our connection together all right, friend's birthday party, plants, water, dripping down. Introduction to Roy, struggle to pronounce her name. Shire, repeat several times. First time in dream state I ever said a name. Small, quiet moments of looking at each other fulfilled. This is all we ever need. Transitions to outside, raining. Right, uh, go up to the high rings, use a ladder to get up. Unimaginably difficult to perform, even basic movements. All of a sudden, I realize it's because of Shire. So there's a... Uh, this is me systematically in these notes. I won't go through them all. Through the Shire Dream State experience, um, I do. I did this. I don't do it much anymore because my recall ability is so insane. Like for last week's recall, I didn't have to recall. Uh, I didn't have to get notes for that. But for when you're beginning using the Dream State to learn, journal it all. Write it all down immediately and 
And then in time, you get better and better and you find you don't need to do it as much. I mean, you might like to do it, but you don't need to do it. This was just an absolute bloomin' experience, so I felt like I had to. Okay. So, moving on to the next question. Anumina Melon comes in saying, how do you negotiate masks during cold approach, e.g. indoors, in shopping malls, in cafes, considering it might continue for a long time? How do you negotiate masks? Masks. Well, I'll start back to front of your question, uh, Anu, which is that, what do you mean, well, why is it considering it might continue for a long time? As in, you're, I'm, I'm taking that you mean, if you, talk, you mean the inception of the interaction. The inception of the interaction shouldn't last for a long time. We want to end our interactions on a high note, which means high and short. We don't want long and low interactions, which are drained of energy. We want interactions of peak energy that are short in nature, that tick off all the boxes, open qualification investment close, that lead to deeper experiences that can go for a long time. So the initial interaction shouldn't be going for that long. If it is, then you're likely forgetting about leading. You're not likely not leading hard enough. I see this with my clients quite a bit. So we start with that. Now reversing back to how do I no- negotiate masks, there is no negotiation. If you're in a city that requires them, but you're still allowed to go out. For example, one of my clients has been going out, just completed a 30-day challenge. Shout out to uh, Patrick Starfish. Up in Berlin, they had forced mask wearing, but he completed a 30-day challenge doing forced mask wearing. He had no issue with it. The issue lies with you. If you're allowed to go out and be around other human beings, but you're just wearing a mask, it's like, I'd use it to my advantage. I'd use it to my advantage. That would be part of the context. What's the two parts of an open? Context and intent. Context, listen, I know it's a bit strange because we're like in Darth Vader masks, but I saw you and I thought you looked beautiful. Had to say, Adam, no, you're going to have to speak up a little bit. Yeah, had to get a little bit closer. Yeah, okay. That's all social acuity that you'll learn in time with experience, but use the mask to your advantage. You can use that for qualifying statements. You can use that in, qual- in qualification. If she's wearing a mask, it's going to... The mask someone chooses to wear is going to say a lot about them. So look, be in a proactive sense of using it to your advantage. Don't look at it as a hindrance. If you see it as a hindrance, it will be a hindrance. I've already given you ample mindsets to use it as a benefit, to see it as uh, something that could actually help me. Go. So Ben comes in, I think as we're about to wrap up this podcast, saying, I found audio journaling to be really useful to just put out my remembering of my dreams first thing when I awaken before they fade away. Also, I did some research and found that raw honey can help giving one more vivid dreams. Uh, so Ben, something really awesome you put there, uh, I video journal the most meaning, meaningful of all my dreams, which is why I, this podcast is my video journal of the Shire story. For all of the dreams that I've died in, my death dreams, the dream states where I've actually died, I video journaled all of them. You guys have never even seen those journals. But, and so when I woke up this morning though, but I said, I said, no, don't. I said, don't video journal this because this will be your lesson to those in the social Q&A. So save it for then because we'll have a video journal here. So yeah, I video journal the most important ones. But audio, definitely audio for sure, depending whichever way you want to do it. Uh, video I like for the most important ones, the ones that really shake the foundations of your perception of reality. 
I prefer video for that because you can actually see who you were in time when that happens. With these notes here, this was just really to help calibrate my mind around it so I could give you guys a uh, fluent story in this podcast. But I can't see the person who wrote these notes. I can't, I can't feel the person who wrote these notes. But I can see, I can feel, I can hear the Adam that retold the story of Shire in this podcast and it will live on forever. So that's that's really important. Great, uh, great, great uh, mes- mention there. He also mentioned uh, raw honey can help with more vivid dreams. And actually, raw honey is definitely acceptable on a animal based diet. So, yeah, might play with that. Might play with that. Uh, thank you for mentioning, Ben. I don't mean anything coming saying thank you. Love that attitude. It's very encouraging. Absolutely, man. Find ways to get it done. Don't find ways for how it cannot be done. Eyes up. And my friends, that is how we're going to wrap up this social Q&A live. Maybe just a summing thought here. A summing thought, but that wraps up the Q&A section, which is that if you're not using the dream state to learn, you're missing out on a lot. You are missing out on a lot. However, if you have barely even begun the learning the lessons in your current reality, start there. Start learning lessons in your current reality and then start to amplify them through your dream state. There will come a time, which I can now confidently say to you guys, there will come a time in which that you've maximized your learning in current reality to the point in which that the dream state offers you something you never could. Last week, I discussed how so how how the dream state, I was using the dream state to work, help me work on lessons that I was learning in this state. What I experienced last night was completely different. Last night, dream state was teaching me about what's possible in this. Oh, man. Shit. So, I thank you all for your presence. I thank you, T, for the super chat. Humbly appreciated. All of your engagement, most appreciated. And, and yeah, I just wish you guys the absolute best in your journeys. Online dating versus the cold approach. I think I've laid out a pretty solid, rock solid case here of what type of person you are if you choose to use online dating as your main stake versus cold approach as your main stake. And what that means for your legacy of being able to teach others, sons, sons of sons, and your ability to interact with all beings of his life. Decision is with you now. I won't judge you. But you will have to live with the consequences either way. And with that being said, Wishing you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to, actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. 
So if you got a suggestion for a future social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.